Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into uh, quite an interesting discussion. It's something that we've spoken about before, uh, but uh, I think today we, you know, extend that conversation to cover, you know, a different uh, area um, of that, and that is uh, the issue of, you know, what does it mean, you know, to, to have have a will um, you know a lot of people don't like to think about some of those things uh, but those in the world of financial planning uh, would actually argue to say that it is good financial planning to actually have um, some type of a document in place uh, that actually states what must happen to your property to your assets um, you know um, upon um, your departure from this world and also at the same time to say that um, you don't need to necessarily be a billionaire or even a millionaire is to have something like that in place it's just good to have as long as you have something to your name it's just good to have you know something that says what must happen to it you know if you are to pass on and to help us to unpack you know all of this stuff we are joined uh you know for today uh we are joined by advocate uh sanki morata who is a cfp professional which means he is a certified financial planner and uh, he happens to be uh, the chief executive officer or ceo of uh, the sunlam trust sanki greetings to you ah good morning mudiwa and good morning to the listeners thank you very much and for the opportunity and for having me here thank you Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I think uh, we've actually spoken in the past, uh, you know, to Sunlam Trust um, about uh, the issues around um, wills. We've actually spoken to them before, um, issues around customary marriages, that type of thing. Uh, But before we begin, Sunlam, specifically Sunlam Trust, uh, maybe just give us an insight into that particular unit. I think Sunlam is one of those names that uh, people around South Africa know and have tended to associate with the financial services and insurance industry, you know, for decades. But specifically, Sunlam Trust, what is it that you guys are doing over there? Oh, great stuff. Thank you, Mujiwa. Uh, as Sunlam Trust, we are a fiduciary business. In terms of our services, we are uh, forming part of the integrated financial planning and at the aspect of fiduciary, where we're dealing with wills, uh, we create wills for clients uh, while they're still alive. And what happens to that uh, when they pass on, we wind up their deceased estates. We have services and functionalities in terms of making sure that we take our client by hand to make sure that um, we administer those uh, estates. And thirdly as well, we look after trust. We do offer trust services, uh, being testamentary, and also uh, living trust uh, where or intervivos trust where people can um, establish that during their lifetime. And we look after beneficiary funds. I mean, that is our beneficiary minor children where we're making sure that uh, there is maintenance. In in nutshell, that we are holding assets of our clients in a fiduciary capacity where the client will entrust us with the will. I mean, to state that, I mean, should something happen to him or her, then we should administer the will in terms of her wishes. And in the trust as well, we act as trustees, making sure that we look after the assets and the children or beneficiaries that are left behind as well. 
Now, that's excellent in terms of uh, having a specific um, business unit at Sunlam that's dealing with wills um, and, you know, acting as that fiduciary. And now, um, with uh, everything that we're now about to talk about, Sankey, in the past, um, when we've, uh, our previous conversations with Sunlam Trust um, were around uh, the succession, uh, the Interstate Succession Act and maintenance of Surviving Spouses Act, you know, just talking about how spouses are recognized when it comes to, you know, partners that die without wills. Um, and I think we've also had a discussion uh, just around the Customary Marriages Act and, you know, who's being recognized from that point of view. But for today, we are switching tact, it seems, um, to focus on some new research uh, that your team has actually brought out just around, um, you know, some of the reasons why certain groups of people don't have um, wills in place. And I think, uh, you know, from what I read, you guys focused on black people specifically in South Africa who make up the majority of South Africans. What's happening over there? Oh, great stuff. Yes, indeed. In 2021, we conducted a research and in terms of the research, I mean, it's shown 75% of the black South Africans, they don't have uh, walls and that is a concern. Um, and also we looked at, um, you know, in terms of male and female, who are the people having the world and you would find that in terms of that particular research, um, most female are the ones considering and looking um, at the walls. But we, I think we have a, a, an opportunity to change the status quo and ask the people, um, what are the, uh, you know, the, the perceptions around having a will and all that. And what is important is that there has been an awakening um, in terms of the COVID being, uh, you know, in the lockdown and having to experience people passing away, um, you know, um, at the same time, you would find that a family uh, member, a husband and a wife in a family setup. I mean, we lost them in maybe some of them during the, the, the COVID. And in my career, in my lifetime, I never thought that when I create rules, I mean, for uh, spouses, that actually that simultaneous death will happen and it used to happen in terms of accidents and all that. But most importantly, I think we need to um, really encourage our people to consider having wills um, because really you need to be at the age of 16, as we explained earlier, that you don't have to have a lot of assets. As long as you start accumulating assets or starting working or owning that particular asset, it is important to, to have a will uh, because then if you don't do that, you would have the wrong people inheriting. And also I think it's important to realize that if the earlier you start, um, you are able to participate in a process where you are actually creating the wealth and protecting the wealth that you are creating and creating a legacy uh, at a later stage and making sure that, you know, if should you pass away, you're not only um, resting in peace, uh, but you let your family as well that is left behind to, to stay behind in peace and, and not leave the world in chaos or your family in chaos. So it is quite important uh, in those stats as well. Hmm. You know, you've just articulated why it is important to have these wills um, in place. And just following your line of argument, uh, the things that you're talking about, financial planning aspects, making sure that, um, you know, your property is taken care of, making sure that 
um, the families that are left behind are taken care of. Um, you know, situations like what you said where you have, um, you know, a number of people in a family unit, you know, all uh, passing away at the same time. All of those uh, sound like, you know, sound um, reasons, you know, to have uh, these types of plans in place. And they don't sound out of the ordinary. This is literally stuff uh, that happens on a daily basis. Why is it then? Uh, that we find ourselves in a situation where three quarters, the 75% of black people that you mentioned just now, find themselves not having a will, um, despite, you know, all the important reasons that you've just outlined for us. Yes, thank you, Mudua. Um, you know, the observation is the fact that uh, in our cultures, you find that in our families, when we start talking about wills, uh, people start to think, hey, Santi, why are you asking me about will? Do you think that I'm going to pass away or even our parents? And also, there is a link that, uh, you know, the perception people saying that, you know, I can leave it for later stage uh, when I retire or when, uh, you know, I'm at age 60 or, or something like that. But also, um, it is important, I think, to also realize that in terms of, um, you know, those perceptions, we need to try as, as a society to change that um, because I always say but we do consider having a funeral um, cover or funeral plan at the same time when you're thinking about the funeral plan uh, or risk cover or life cover you would also think about uh, you know you're thinking about death but also it's important to think about the world and create one and not only make the provision for the funeral costs and, and, and all that why people uh, as you ask the question um, it's that it, it's, it's, I think it, it needs to be something that is uh, well commonly um, used and uh, you know at our churches, at our gathering, at our societies, people must be able to talk about our wills and in our in our families, just starting there in the family unit. I mean, it's a sensitive uh, point where people are reluctant to talk about it. It's always raises the questions who's going to inherit. But I think what is important is to raise the fact that, I mean, there will be chaos. People will be fighting for houses, for properties, wrong people ending up, uh, I mean, to, I mean, to inherit. And I do think that in terms of education and awareness, financial literacy, it's important at our workplaces. I mean, we have these kind of sessions, I mean, at at varsity level when, um, you know, students are ready to go into the working environment, even as simple as, I mean, reducing this, I mean, to the life, uh, um, you know, orientation course or, or uh, class um, at school. I mean, maybe at other grades, higher grades, you know, to start finding ways of talking about fi simple financial planning or simplified financial planning that would also include this. Sanki, I like the fact that you are bringing up some of the difficulties that people have when it comes to, you know, just talking, you know, about simple, simple financial planning. Because as much as we are talking about wills and what happens to property and wealth uh, when someone passes on, I really do think um, that there is a wider discussion to be had about uh, how people just relate to money as a whole, and I'm sure that as a as a financial planner, this is something that you you know possibly encounter on a daily basis, and you know quite keen to get your thoughts, um, you know just around this issue. Do you think this issue of wills and not having these things in place sort of feeds into um, the wider 
that wider aspect in our society where people just uh, don't really speak openly about issues of money. You know, you might find the secretive husband who doesn't really tell their wife how much they earn. You know, kids that don't really know about the finances uh, in the household. Um, you know, in the corporate world, um, you know, colleagues not being allowed to discuss salaries with each other. Do you think the issue of wills, you know, that then sort of becomes emblematic or a symptom of that wider issue that we have in our society where people don't like to or feel like they can't discuss, uh, you know, these financial matters? Oh, certainly, definitely, uh, Mudiwa. It's, it's more about the, the psychology of, of money. And, and also, I think it's important to start looking at, at that, how we relate, as you indicated, I mean, to the, to, to the finances and the sensitivity uh, around that. I think it's, it, it's quite important uh, to also mention the fact that, you know, with the psychology of money, it's, you, you're not going to just take a wool in isolation. Yes, you can have a wool without any other products and, and, and all that. But I think it's important to really um, have a, um, a comprehensive financial plan that looks after, um, you know, your um, your other aspects uh, of financial planning, uh, being your your long term, your short term, um, in terms of the life products and, and and all that. And it doesn't have to, you know, you will do an analysis, a financial planning analysis, look at the needs and and, and all that, and then get to 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 that. But I do think. Um, as you said, uh, in terms of the sensitivity, it's something that we don't touch um, and talk about it. Because remember, when you draft a will uh, and or get into financial planning, and more especially with the will, um, as a person, for example, you would have to talk about your children. You need to mention, you know, very confidential things. Some of the stuff sometimes that your your spouses don't are not even aware of. I mean, uh, you entrust a Sanki or Sanlam trust at the time to say, you know, um, I'm giving you the mandate and an instruction to draft a will, but I do have kids, I mean, outside the marriage, or I have two other kids that I need to make a provision of. And clients, many a times, they don't want to repeat that kind of sensitive um, information and all that. And also, it is important to, to note that I mean, everyone is entitled to make um, his or her will, and you are not married to a will. You can change a will at any time during your lifetime when there is a life event that is happening. Um, maybe there's a new child born, and maybe someone passes away, and you included that particular person in there. You've accumulated a lot of property or you, um, your asset base is growing. So you got, do those kind of life-changing circumstances um, are prompt us to really revise the world and keep it confidential as well. You don't have to let your beneficiaries to know about that. And I think it's a conversation in the family, um, you know, to start in, when I go back to the psychology to say, how do we make sure that life planning becomes an integral part of financial planning? We know at some time in our life, at a point in our life, we're going to pass away. But what are the provisions that we are making? Can we start talking about that? And I know um, sometimes, you, you know, we easy to attend funerals 
and talk, uh, you know, go uh, comfort other people. But many a times we don't re- bring that back to us. We say, you know what? One day I will leave uh, this world. And how do I want to leave my family? Do I want to leave my family in struggling or in a good condition where they are able to start from somewhere? Certainly, you know, certainly important. And I think feeding into you know all of that i like what you said when you when you call it the psychology of money um and i'm sure in in the financial planning circles that's definitely something that's being encountered all the time and i guess speaking more broadly um into why some of these issues then become what they are today you see 75% of black people not having um a will and you sort of think oh maybe you know people are just procrastinating or maybe you think uh that uh, people don't think they have enough property but yet you take a few steps back uh or you go you know a few layers deeper and you then understand that um there's a whole psychology there's a whole uh relationship with money that needs to be um you know spoken about that needs to be tested um you know that people do need to address um you know from that point of view so we've spoken quite a bit um about what the issues are at the moment um where we find ourselves uh but one of the things about the research then sanki is that as much as it uh, focused on black people would you say that um some of the findings from there sort of speak um to the wider population or is it more specific to that uh, group of people you know that uh, research was more to a particular group of people but in general when we look at south africa a lot of people still don't have walls and that um conversation it's a difficult conversation in the families and that prompts an opportunity to really um look at uh you know at it at a, at a wider um space as well i mean to include all other people as well um and i think it 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 also comes from a point where i mean in terms of um advancing and opportunities um we find um you know the uh, the affluent uh, market you know the people i mean uh, are more previously disadvantaged people getting into business i mean being more developed and really um starting to accumulate assets and all that and that becomes a risk um, if they don't have walls but yes in in the wider population i mean there there is a bits and pockets of success where people already it's 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 part of um you know what their financial plan it's part of their life planning to make sure that i mean there's a world and also i mean i think it's important not only to look at 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 the world uh in in isolation but to also to look at it as a means and a tool that can help the client i mean to create that legacy to build the assets you assess what sort of assets do you have um should i pass away then i would have this kind of a life cover and i can put it, for example that life cover in a trust or um in, instead of giving it to 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 an individual and you might have some regulations or i mean clauses uh, there asking that i mean that is for educational purpose or for a charitable cause and that it's the money that you never had i mean while you are uh, you are still alive i always say you know we are very rich while we still are, i mean we are very poor or struggling while we still alive 
But then when we pass away, we have all these other products and we have these um, life covers and become rich. But then the question is, how do we make sure that we're creating a legacy? We are actually putting other people that we are living, the succession to our families, the succession. I mean, remember, whatever you do in a family unit, you are bringing that to the community and you can better the community. Hence, I think it is important to always have a mind of um, wealth creation, that protection and building that particular legacy and use the world as that tool or instrument to help you to do that. Now, more certainly from a wealth uh, creation uh, uh, wealth creation perspective, you never really think about, um, you know, those aspects that with certain products, um, you know, you can be richer, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. ironically in the, in the afterlife than, you know, in the present one. And uh, one of the things that people, you know, might then be asking, we've made a big uh, issue over the last 20 minutes about not having a will. And someone might then just be asking, okay, cool, Sanki, uh, someone does pass away without a will. What happens? In, in 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 those situations uh you know sort of as a way to illustrate is it really that bad it is it is really bad because i always look at the disadvantage of that um if you die without a will first of all um you don't have instructions in terms of how you need to be buried and all that if you need to be cremated and all that so people will make decisions on your behalf and if you're leaving children behind and uh, what will happen is that even your spouse, you die in terms of interstate uh, succession act of which you don't have a will, that law will kick in. Um, and if, you know, uh, in terms of the families, the there are people who will in, in inherit in terms of that. And you might have wrong people, and I say wrong people inheriting, people that you didn't intend for them to inherit your assets. Because remember, uh, in terms of that law uh, or act, I mean, uh, your your immediate spouse can inherit, your children can inherit, and if they have predeceased you or they are not there, I mean, your parents, I mean, can inherit, and if your parents have predeceased you, you might have some of your, um, you know, uh, sibling, uh, not siblings, some of your relatives inheriting. I mean, that might be a little bit even distant, depending on what, um, you know, the, the people that you're leaving behind. So it's always important to have a will because you protect your assets and making sure that they go to, to, the, to the right people as well. Yeah. This sounds like, you know, one of those issues, uh, like you said, uh, looking at the disadvantages, there are lots of disadvantages, and we've well articulated how um, the state of things at the moment. But, you know, curious, uh, just to understand as we round off, um, you know, Sanki, your outlook um, on, I don't even know what to call it. Can we call it wills on the whole? Do you see, you know, at the moment, are people getting wills at a, because we understand where the statistic is at the moment, but um, over time, are people, um, you know, are there less wills at the moment or are there increasing wills? What's your outlook at the moment? Yes, um, the, the awareness is there. It is increasing. The numbers are starting to, to, to pick up in terms of the take up. And as I said earlier, it's because of uh, the incidents that people have seen during COVID. And again, where you have families fighting for for properties, houses where parents have passed away, and you find a, a, a you know a serious fight with siblings who's gonna 
um, inherit or sit with a family house. And at that time, there's no even uh, a will. But we've seen now people really are coming up in terms of that. But however, I do believe that as fiduciary businesses and or trust companies, we need to make sure that, I mean, there is that strong focus in making sure that uh, we create that awareness and the education we invest in the awareness and education about the importance of this so as to bring people along and change that 75%. It really needs to go down so that at least people can stay behind in peace. And, you you know, uh, when you wind up at a sister state, you don't want to be sitting with families. You know, you would sometimes even have brothers who are we're not even, I mean, you were married, for example, and you have your brothers coming and fighting the surviving spouse, I mean, wanting to take some assets and, and, and all that. And that becomes involved in a lot of um, uh, legal battles and, and, and all that often sometimes are unnecessary. Should you have heard the wall, I mean, you would have an opportunity to administer your estate in, in the best way that you wanted and according to your wishes. So my encouragement is that if you don't have um, a will, ensure that you get one and encourage your spouse and members of your family, I mean, to start considering having one. It's the best thing to do. An encouragement to get a will. That is uh, Sanki Morata, who is an advocate and also a CFP professional, certified financial planner giving us some insight into what the wills, the state of wills is like. Um, you know, in South Africa, they recently conducted some research uh, that found that, uh, you know, within the black community in South Africa, 75% of people uh, tend to not have a will. And uh, this, uh, you know, sort of lends itself, uh, you know, to, you know, quite disastrous situations when a person passes on and, you know, you have fights um, amongst family and family members about um, what happens to you know certain property and he says uh, though that you know going forward I uh, just hopeful you know about uh, uh, the the state of wills because there is an increase and he says that a lot of it has been spurred uh, by the last two years particularly over the COVID pandemic um, you know because of the number of deaths that were happening you know having these uh, these documents these plans in place uh, clear instructions uh, has become increasingly important and one of those things that people are now really thinking about and the encouragement uh, just being that people should just take some time uh, look at what you have and just make sure uh, that there's some type of a plan in place and also just articulating what happens um, when people you know don't have that Uh, but quite an interesting point was uh, you know the psychology of money to say that right now we are talking about wills but on the whole all of this stuff does feed into uh the broader conversation around how people relate to money how people relate uh to issues of financial planning and uh, you know how uh, people tend to look at issues of money as being difficult conversations to have uh, but simply encouraging people to have those conversations nonetheless and to just make sure that uh, they're taken care of in this life and the one beyond so that's been it for today uh, Sanki is uh, the CEO of the Sandlam Trust. Sanki, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Mudiwa. Much appreciated. Thank you. This is Mudiwa's take. 
interesting discussion just around uh, what's going on in the world of wills but uh, you know as highlighted during the actual discussion i really do think this feeds into um, the broader relationship that people have um, with money in our society Um, we've spoken about it on a number of occasions that um, people do need to just start having more healthy conversations um, you know about money first in the household and also in the workplace churches different places and different uh, spaces uh, that people you know tend to be in for a lot of people you know getting your first paycheck um, you know is your first uh, proper interaction with money and financial planning because now you have to decide what you're going to do um, you know with this money that you've earned but if you had a an upbringing where some of these issues are being discussed topics of investing topics of saving um, then by the time you get to that first paycheck you are better prepared or better equipped you know to deal with those types of things and um that type of information, that type of foundation and grounding tends to compound over time, you know, to getting people that make much better financial decisions over the course of their lives. So I really do think that a lot does need to still be done um, when it comes to all of these issues about talking about money. Just start talking about money wherever you are. Um, it's okay, right? We are all using money. We all need money. Money is the thing that's making the world go round. We might as well start having more healthy discussions about it so that people can ultimately uh, make much better decisions about it um, going forward. And then in turn, uh, feeding into these uh, financial planning conversations about wills, um, you know, down the line because it all, you know, then fits in and ties in. Because when you then look at it as uh, different pieces to the same puzzle, then it all makes sense. The fact that South Africa is a country of spenders instead of savers uh the fact that there aren't that many people that are investing in the stock market the fact that um you have you know all of these issues around the world the fact that all of this um it fits into um you know that bigger picture that we're talking about so i think as long as we have concerted efforts to try and fix all of these different pieces then you know over time uh we are likely to have better discourse and hopefully uh better to have uh, better standards when it comes to saving and investing in our society And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.